I'm ready. Oh, wait, we're live? Oh, crap. Um, uh, uh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> this was so unplanned. <laughs> Welcome to Crack Going Open with Mike. <laughs> and Elise. And on this episode, I got no idea what we're drinking. Yeah, well, you should be a little bit more professional on our 150th episode. What? Yeah, professional. Did you have anything special planned for this episode? Nope. Forgot it was the 150th till I edited yep. 149. You're like, hey, that's going to be 150. Hey, <laughs> surprise. Remember like 20 episodes ago, we were like, wow, we should really do something special for our one. Yeah. <laughs> that was also 20 weeks ago. Yeah. 20 weeks ago, at least totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, 20 weeks ago, at least totally remembered. Now, at least. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to 150 episodes of Cracking One Open. And uh, to celebrate, we'll drink a beer. Yeah. What were you drinking? (laughs) So this week we are cracking open Hop Lab number one featuring Idaho 7, which is a limited release from Ithaca Beer Co. located in Ithaca, New York. (gasps) (laughs) According to their website, Ithaca Beer Co. sits on a farm just outside the city of Ithaca between two state parks. The brewery was founded in 1998 by Dan Mitchell, and to this day, it remains a family-run operation. The facility contains a state-of-the-art 50 BBL brew system, which produces about 20,000 barrels of beer per year. That's a lot of barrels of beer. That's a lot of beer. Ithaca Beer, led by its flagship Flower Power IPA, Yum, is distributed within 15 states on the East Coast. And on a side note, Flower Power has been recognized as one of the 25 most important American craft beers ever brewed by Food and Wine magazine. Why? Like, I knew I liked it, but I didn't realize that it was like way up there. Why is it important? Just because it tastes good? I guess they didn't. They or was really it the say, first to do so, something? Well, so I looked into it. I found the list. They didn't really go into like excruciating detail with every beer um but the article was also written in 2018 um and other beers on this list include some fairly legendary ones um like dogfish heads 90 minute ipa sierra nevada's celebration ale and their pale ale victory's hop devil anchor christmas ale anchor steam uh russian rivers plenty the elder Okay. Uh, Alchemist, Hetty Topper, Allagash White, and so on. Those are some heavy hitters. Yeah. But back th- back to Ithaca. Uh, the long-term dream of opening a restaurant was fulfilled in 2012. The Tap Room highlights Ithaca beer products along with locally sourced ingredients. Dan's passion for food and family stems from his Chilean upbringing and was the driving force for the farm-to-table restaurant. It was a designed to be a place for all to gather and enjoy a pint of beer surrounded by beautiful agrarian landscaping. So the Hop Lab series is something new for 2022. On the website, it describes the series as five double IPAs featuring a range of new, unique, or rare hops that test the status quo on the IPA. The one that we will be featuring today was the first release in the series. Uh, most of the rest of the series has also been released. Unfortunately, I did not see any of the other members at the liquor store that I went to. Hmm. Um, but they also include number two as Cryo Hop, 
with Chinook, Citra, Mosaic, Azaka, and Equinot, <laughs> as well as Yakima Chief's Cryo Pop Hop blend, which I believe we've had before. I can't mm-hmm. recall in which beer, but that name sounds extremely familiar. We have had it. If not on the show, then off the show. No, it's definitely on the show. Uh, that one sounds amazing. Yeah. Number three is the Hazy Double Dry Hopped IPA. Number four is the Enzyme Double IPA. And number five is just called the Double IPA. I want the Enzyme Double IPA. What's that? So... <laughs> unfortunately the link to the hazy double dry hopped IPA seems to be broken on the website and there's just no information about enzyme. I assume because it's the August release, but also it's the end of August. So like Ithaca, if you're listening, maybe have your webmaster update the website. Yeah. Um, And then the double IPA is going to be the October release. So, like I said, today we are featuring the first release from the Hop Lab series called Idaho 7, but it also has Citra and Mosaic hops, as well as two-row wheat and oat malts. Ithaca says, quote, fresh out of the Ithaca Hop Lab, this hazy double IPA features the tropical juiciness of a new variety of hop, Idaho 7, complemented by the fruitiness of the Citra and Mosaic varieties, end quote. It, it clocks in at 7.7 ABV. And has an IBU rating of 24. Ooh. So first up, we've obviously got Idaho 7 Hops. Released in 2015 and named for its home state, Idaho 7 is a late maturing aroma hop that practically drips with juicy tropical and stone fruit. Think tangerine, apricot, orange, papaya. Uh, And that aroma is supported by sticky pine and faint notes of earthy black tea. Idaho 7 is perfect for late additions, but also has enough alpha acids to work for bittering as well. This makes it excellent as a single hop or part of a blend for IPA, pale ale, and hop-forward American wheat beers. Then we've got Citra Hops, which have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which make it good for bittering, but it's excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. This is in large part due to their high myrcene content, which is one of the major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. Citra can also lend delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. And finally, mosaic hops, aka citra on steroids. They're the daughter of Simcoe and Nugget. Mosaic was released in 2012 and can be used for bittering, aroma, and flavor. It has high alpha acids but low cohumulone, making them pleasantly hoppy with flavors of mango, pine, citrus, herbs, and giving them the aroma of tropical and stone fruits. So I don't know about you, but this sounds pretty delicious. It does sound really good. Kind of one of the cryo super New Zealand one. Yeah, well, so... (laughs) Seeing as this was technically the March release um, and we're just seeing it in stores now, I will definitely keep an eye out and hopefully we will soon see the cryopop. It'll trickle down. Cryopop, yeah. So what do you say? Shall we uh, crack this baby open? Crack it open! (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. So we're back, but... um, My co-host here of 150 episodes just cracked their beer open 
off air. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm distracted. <laughs> you are distracted. <laughs> we have a, a very mischievous squirrel on our deck, apparently, that has been literally chewing off our light bulbs straight off the the string the first one shattered i just found another whole one outside so if anyone knows how to deal with this uh please shoot us a an email or a message on on the social media string lights too literally Mm, could be chupacabra yep 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 yep. all right so i guess i'll crack this open (sighs) sorry i just had to get it in at least i don't have the hiccups true shut up I'm trying to hide it. Okay, you'll never be able to edit those out. Nope. Ooh, should we have rolled these cans? Oh, fuck. I'm admonishing any brewery now that puts sediment in the bottom of their beer. I, I, don't, I don't care if you're, you're two roads itself. Holy carbonation, Batman. It smells like pineapple. That juiciness. That is juicy AF. So sweet. It's making my teeth go. Ew. Uh-oh. All right. We'll see. This is experiment experimental. Cheers. Cheers. It's got a nice head and it's a nice dark. Hazy. Yeah, I love that color. Ooh. Very juicy. Very juicy, but also followed by a very balanced dank pine note. Yeah, I was going to say it's quite a bit like another beer we've had before, but with a, and I can't remember what it was, with a slight West Coast finish. Yes. Very, yes, slight very West, West Coast, Coast finish. finish. Yep. With that pine. It is just. A tad too sweet for me. And it does have a um, kind of like stone fruit finish in my mouth after I sip. Yeah. I like this. Don't get me wrong. This is just not a beer I would buy like a four pack of normally um, and drink like two in a row. This is something yeah. like if I was at a brewery, I would drink one of and then move to Absolutely. another beer. Yeah. But every time I came back to the brewery, I'd probably be like, oh, I feel like having this this time. Which is fine. Yeah. Some beers are meant for the brewery. This isn't the type of beer I normally would have, like, at home just chilling. A lot of, yeah. All right. Well, this is very interesting. It's pretty different. Yeah, it's pretty different than what we've been having the past few weeks. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. There is a nice bitterness to it as well. There's more bitterness than I thought there would be because it is very sweet. Mm -hmm. Like, too sweet for me. But I think the reason I'm, like, gulping it down so fast is there's this really nice bitter note. Yeah. Right after that sweetness. It's like, ooh, sweet. Ooh, bitter. It's got a really nice mouthfeel. It's very carbonated. Again, excuse my hiccups. There's, (laughs) Like you said, there's no way I can edit those out. Oh, no. And the carbonation is just going to make it worse. Yep. (laughs) And uh, we can't exactly wait for my hiccups to go away because they can last for hours. The carbonation is nice. It is. It's it makes it refreshing enough that it's not too heavy. Yeah, I was trying to think of the words that it's not gross, but gross wasn't the word I wanted to use. No, obviously not. It's, it does lighten it up to it's more refreshing because that's how I'm gulping it down. Because mm-hmm. a beer like this with this sweetness would normally bring it down in terms of like heft. Yeah. And I will, and I will say. this light be, because of probably the carbonation. Yep. And I think the sweetness is unfortunately what we have found. This has like fallen victim to the the double dry hot or the, I'm sorry, the, the double IPA overly like sweetness. Yeah. Although, so what's the, what was the percentage? 7.6. It's not yeah. crazy high. Like, I think you could tone down the sweetness and still not taste the alcohol. Mm-hmm. But maybe because I can even taste the bitterness through the sweet, maybe it's just so bitter 
that they needed the sweet to balance it. Exactly. Like it Interesting. was because there's enough bitter breaking through that sweetness where I'm like, wow, that doesn't usually happen. So without the sweetness, maybe there's just so much bitter. It's just undrinkable. See, I don't know, because they they said specifically that they were trying to highlight Idaho 7, which, quote unquote, drips with juicy tropical and stone fruit. Oh, well, it, it is. But I just think they add a sweetness to it as well. Mm. But maybe that's just how it is when it's dry hopped like this. But I, I doubt it. Oh, no, this isn't dry hopped, is it? It's just no, hazy. Th- this one is not dry hopped. There, there is another iteration. Another, I think number four was the double dry hop. Yeah, I mean, I've had I we have we've had Idaho Seven stuff as well. That's not this sweet. That, <clears throat> yes, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't say that it adds any kind of juice or anything to it. Although, who knows? It's just super sweet, but that might just be part of the process. Although malts are sugar, so they don't technically need to say it adds. You don't need to say you added tropical fruit because yeah. you didn't. You just added maybe overly sweet malts or a sweetener to the malt or something like that. Mm-hmm. As the beer is coming down to to more room temperature, the stone fruit notes there's more are flavors really coming out. Coming out. Well, it's weird because there's more flavors coming out of the the beer, but there's more flavors that are kind of disappearing in general. Like the pineapple juice flavor is is definitely lowering. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting anywhere near as much pineapple juice, but I'm just keeping that that stone fruit note is is staying the whole time. It yeah. also seems like the sweetness is going down because maybe the bitterness is going up as it warms up. Could be. And maybe yeah. balancing a little bit better. And this is why we need uh, breweries to include the like optimal serving temperature. Yeah. On the, on the cans. We didn't freeze the glasses this time, so that's not a factor. Yeah, it was just in the fridge. But I think it's meant to be drank the way we drank it at a, when it was cold. I don't think we were meant to drink it at this temperature right now. It hasn't been that long, though. No, but I mean, the it's first, been literally ten minutes. Like, I think the sip you take when it's out of the fridge is the sip that they mean to for the beer to taste like. Yeah, but that's so unrealistic. I mean, maybe this is the temperature because it's not warm. It's just definitely not right out of the fridge temperature. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Is this coming down in temperature like unusually fast? I, it's I not. Always think I find the heavier beers to go down in temperature faster. Oh. Uh, and I don't know why. Interesting. It might just be because they're more com- complex, so their flavors change more, mm-hmm. and it's more noticeable than like a Pilsner or a Kolsch. Or it might just be that the ingredients, when there's more hops, or maybe when it's just a higher alcohol percentage, it, it warms up faster. Yeah, that's interesting. It might have something to do with the alcohol. I want, I want to talk to someone about that. That's like deep beer science, though. Probably there, there. I want to learn deep. Beer send, science. Send me to beer school. That's deep beer science. You're going to have to be a beer doctor for that. Dr. Beer. Dr. Beer. All right. The can. I'm s- okay. No, yeah. No. Go. Well, I was going to say, I know they're trying to highlight Idaho 7. I have yet to distinguish any f- of the, quote, faint notes of earthy black tea that all these websites about hops claim that this hop has. Because, like, I love me some black tea. I can see where they're getting at there a little bit toward the very end. But you got to remember this hop also has other hops in it. Yeah. It's not isolated. But yeah, I can see some of that, that T note toward the end. Ew. (laughs) ASMR. There's some uh, lip smacking ASMR to get those black tea flavors. (laughs) I think it's at the very end. Maybe I get, I get a few notes of it, but then again, you just put that in my brain. Yeah. I almost think it would be interesting to do, an episode where we te- 
drink the beer first and then you ta- tell us about the beer. Okay. And see, and if see I what can, you suss out. See if I suss out anything interesting. Okay. Although I, I doubt it. I'll probably get it all wrong and look like an ass. But, <laughs> you know, after 150 episodes, we maybe hope I wouldn't. Because I often wonder, like, am I getting some of these notes because they're in my brain from the description or if I actually taste them? Yeah. Are we doing this all wrong? <laughs> Have we been doing it wrong for this long? Well, I mean, you got to do the beer search still. So either way, it would be weird to drink the beer and then stop the recording. Then you do your beer search and record the second part later. Yeah. That just sounds like a like That a sounds pain terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, a little too sweet for me. But that being said, I'm still already almost finished. Yeah, that being so, said, you're still ahead of me. <laughs> just a tad too sweet. I don't like when beers are too sweet, especially double IPAs. I feel like there's a nice balance you can reach. Yeah. I don't even mind a little bit of that alcohol taste. If you give me nice flavors and a nice, like a smooth bitterness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you oversweeten it, the only beers that I like that are sweet should be sours. I mean, that should be, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Smoothie beers, I guess. Yeah. Like the anything mango with, Anything with like the lactose had. Yeah, could be sweet. But the lactose it's sweetness is a it's little bit sugar. of, yeah, the lactose sweetness is, a, it's a little different. That's true. But yeah, it's just, I can't, there's no reason to put sweet over sweetness in your beer. If it's not going to be a sour, it just rubs me the wrong way. It really <laughs> grinds my gears. Grinds my gears. I mean, obviously sugars are important to balance out beer, but when you go too sweet or it's mostly sweetness that you've got there, mm-hmm. my opinion on this beer is very weird. Yeah, I, it's so strange. It, our apartment is not warm right now. Like, we've had the AC on all day. No, we only turned it off to record. The fans are still all on. Yeah, like, so. the, this beer is just warming up at a very unusual rate, I feel like. I think it's warming up at about double IPA rate. It's just the flavors are becoming so sweetly intense. Yeah. That being said, I haven't seen Flower Power in uh, any of our... Any of the liquor stores that I go to for a while, but I remember loving it on tap and I would love to find it again. And they do actually have a a bunch of others that sound interesting. Yeah, I remember Flower Power. I think I maybe have had one or two other beers from Ithaca. I'm not positive. Uh, I am done with this beer, by the way. (laughs) So the can is a tall boy, all white wraparound label, not a heat sink label, which is a little disappointing. After the last like two or two uh, episodes, we had like the where nice, they're all like sleek, sleek, full labels. Yeah. Uh, this one, you get the glue bubbles, I guess. But that's kind of cool. It shows you that you're really getting some craft beers. Uh, it's a white label, plain white. On the front cover, you've got the Ithaca Beer Company logo. It's Ithaca Beer Co. It's a, in this case, it's a green logo. Ithaca is in white with the can. And there's a star in the middle of the sea. I don't know if that's supposed to mean something. Me either, actually. It's a nice font. It's pretty memorable in the way that their font kind of goes from the big I and then kind of goes down and then explodes back up to the A because- Can I be real? Yeah. It just reminds me of word art. It's definitely a simple logo, (laughs) but like as soon as you said Ithaca, I knew what this logo looked like. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's memorable. Yeah, it's also a little different in word art because it also pinches the bottom of it. So it like really Mm -hmm. kind of- it's that circle and a sharpness. No, it it's well designed, but the way that Ithaca goes in and out like that, it's literally just like the word art logo for me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 
But it's simple and to the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... And I really like the Hop Lab lo- logo. Yeah, you don't have like a logo logo. It's just kind of like their title. Mm-hmm. But the Hop Lab logo is cool. It's very simple. It's very minimalist. It's uh, tiny little shapes make up the hop. Five little shapes. Mm-hmm. Four little like rounded squares. And then a, like a teardrop at the bottom to make the hop hanging down. Mm-hmm. Going up. Like the stem goes up and becomes a circle that it's around. It's a nice green with a pea green in the center of the circle. And then a dark green makes up the Ithaca logo font and the rest of the fonts like the hop lab. It's kind of futuristic. It is. And I love all the green. It's very sleek with the green. The white on the green is probably what caught your eye. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then on the bottom it says limited that release. And I don't think we've done Ithaca before on the podcast. We have not, I don't think. Then the bottom it says limited release number one, Idaho 7. On the left, you've got the independent craft brewery logo. The government warning, double India pale ale, brewed and canned by Ithaca Beer Co. 122 Ithaca Beer Drive, Ithaca, New York. I want my street named after my business. Well, yes, but also I'm going to stop you right there to have you look at my beer because there is definitely sediment. Yeah, but only a little bit. That's a very small amount. Yeah, but still more than I expected from this beer. I got no sediment and I swirled my can beforehand. That's true. So maybe I just didn't swirl my I can actually see the bottom of my can and I've got very little sediment down there. Just a couple mm-hmm. specks. So, I mean, I don't mind that. It's when you over sediment it. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm chewing my beer, that's not when good. When I see the sledge on the bottom of my glass, you did it wrong. You can taste sediment. Yeah, like don't if we finish fly. our glass and there's literally just like a at the bottom of it. Not yeah, cool. That's gross. On the right side. Oh, also on the left side of the beer. www.ithacabeer.com. If anyone wants to visit their website. At Ithaca Beer. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped. So they got their logos. I always like when they actually put their social medias. If somebody mm-hmm. wants to follow them, find out if the beer is available in your area, go look it up there. On the right-hand side, you got a little chart, which I really like. It's really big, too. It's not like they're trying to hide the chart or make it a small part of their can. Limited release number one, Hazy Double IPA. Again, this is all shades of green as well, which is nice. It almost makes me look like I'm looking, if I look at the label just at the information, mm-hmm. it's almost like a capsule. And I'm looking at some kind of like scientific capsule, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Idaho 7's in Because it's from the huge, Hop Lab. Yeah, huge font on the side in green. And then the bottom says, fresh out of the Ithaca Hop Lab, this hazy double IPA features the tropical juiciness of a new variety of hop, Idaho 7. It's not, it's new, but it's not like Brand crazy new. new yeah. We've, like we, we've had other ones. Times. Yeah. Complimented by the fruitiness of the citra and mosaic varieties. But I do like Idaho 7, I should say. We've had Cryo Idaho 7 as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which I From Travis. Yeah. Alcohol by volume. Which we 7. might be going 7. to after we record this episode. Hey. Hey, celebration. Citrus, three out of five bubbles. <laughs> Floral, <laughs> two out of five bubbles. Um, see, I drank my beer too fast. Do you get floral notes? Oh, I guess you'd have to consider the pininess floral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or would that be earthy? They only give you citrus floral and tropical oh. to choose from. So, yeah, I guess in that case it is floral. Yeah. So, all right. I'd give them the two. All right. All right. Because otherwise there's really not any floral notes in there that I would, what I would consider floral notes. True. Citrus, it's three out of five. I would actually give that maybe four out of five. Citrus? Uh, I don't oh, know. Then I get, I no, because like, I, I always like this consider. Is really stone fruit You're right. Forward. You're right. I always consider something like that pineapple sting citrusy. And it really isn't. <laughs> 
So, you know, in that case, I would give citrus actually two out of five as well. Yeah. And call the whole thing pretty much just tropical. Tropical. Yep. But a stone fruit kind of way. Mm-hmm. But then again, I would break down tropical more. Because stone fruit is a tropical and then there's other tropical like where it's just grapefruit or it's just pineapple. Mm-hmm. And it's not like papaya and mango and stuff like that. Also, clean mug club. Nice. Proud of you. I didn't think you were going to do that in time. But yeah. So overall, this can is pretty cool. It's really cool. It's really straight to the point. It's got the nice Hop Lab logo. It's really cool when you do like an offshoot logo as well. So like you have your beer company, but then you have a series and the series all has a shared logo. Um, I also really like the information on the side of the can. Yes, I, think that I, I really appreciate like that. that very much. You know, there's really nice can art and then there's let's get to the year here for the beer. And this is what this beer is going to be. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And overall thoughts on this beer. Clearly, I liked it because I drank it really quick. Same. But it just, just didn't like I, I would prefer, like you said, I think going to the brewery and getting a shorter pour. So that you can enjoy it while it's still really cold. Almost like you're bringing up my point I've made the last eight episodes, which is kind of, my, I think, my new point of the season. Tall boys are not yeah. necessary. We need six packs. Last year was anti-sediment. This year is still kind of anti-sediment. But my whole thing is, why is everything got to be a, four a 16 pack ounce of, yeah. four pack? Why can't you go back to 12 ounce six packs? Like, I don't need a billion of your beer. Yeah. A billion ounces of a double I don't IPA. Understand, like, is it an economical thing? Like, are the breweries saving money? I'm sure by making it a 16 ounce pour, by cutting out 12 ounce cans completely, they save money. I'm sure most smaller breweries don't even do 12 ounce cans or limited yeah. runs of it in a smaller canner. And then by making it the 16 ounce cans, even though it's only four ounces more, mm-hmm. you probably charge a third more half the price maybe like go 1.5 times the price maybe even some people two times the price yeah like you can you this can to most people who are just looking at cans who might not go it's only 16 ounces as opposed to 12 ounces they're probably looking at it going that's double the size (laughs) and you could almost double your price and people would be dumb enough to go fuck yeah yeah so yeah economically i'm sure this makes a ton of sense and it's just easier to put one can on your line instead of a, a bunch. Yeah. So in that case, I understand. But if you have access to make 12 ounce cans, double IPA should never there's, be served. I don't yeah, think there's, there's any still reason a, for them to be served. an audience for that. All the time in these double, in these tall boys. For Yes. for So for an experimental beer like this, 16 ounce pours, I get it. But if it's your core beer. Yeah. Make, it a, like make it a six pack. Thimble. Thimble Island, uh, Ghost Island, or Road to Ruin, or in Tribus's case, they have the Fuckets, which is triple IPA, actually. Mm-hmm. They, that should be, but again, Tribus is small. They only have the 16 yeah, ounce Tribus canners. Yeah, ha- Tribus has never made um, a 12 ounce can. A 12 ounce can or a bottle. That is not true. They have the large bottles for their collector's edition beers. But those are generally, yeah, for Special like extremely la- limited hours. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking 12 ounce fours, like, I, like I we you. like. Yeah. I just don't think that double IPA should be served only in 16 ounce because I would, if this was in a 12 ounce can, mm-hmm. I would be more likely to drink this at home. Yeah. Because although I was just talking about how people think, oh, it's double, the, it's only four ounces more. The four ounces makes a big difference when it's a huge double IPA. Yeah. And when I want to have something else after this or 
you know, I want to enjoy it. And when it's tall, like at the end of the glass, when you're having something this tall, it's not that great. And I mm-hmm. guarantee you, they don't pour this at the tasting room in 16 ounce pours. No, no. They they must pour it at 12 ounce or snifters. lower. The eight ounce. Yeah. I guarantee it's snifters. Yeah. So I just don't understand this need for tall boys all the time in beers that don't necessarily need to be tall boys all the time. Agreed. And anyway, that's my rant. I was, yeah, I was going to say nothing specifically (laughs) against you, Ithaca, because there are tons of other breweries. Everybody does that we're talking about that do the same exact thing. And if you're only listening to this episode because we tagged you and you've never listened to an episode of us before, which you probably haven't, let's be honest. I've said this, like I said, this is like the note of the season since that season. Uh, We don't do seasons since the top of the year. Yeah. This is my 2022 kind of like thing. If you listen to the last like three episodes, I think the I thorn did, in your side. I had the same rant. <laughs> it's just tall, smaller cans. I think have a value that people are just forgetting about. Yeah, and like absolutely making that only like their their session IPAs are available in in twenty four packs. These set, like I want a six pack mm-hmm. of smaller cans. I don't need sixteen ounce pours all the time. Just because America have become a bunch of raging alcoholics doesn't mean that we need sixteen <laughs> ounce pours all the time. We can have two 12 ounces, which, by the way, is only like four ounces less than a real true British pint. You and your true pints. Listen. Drinking out of your. Out of my Samuel Smith actual pint glass. This doesn't fucking fill it. This doesn't fucking fill it. (laughs) I'll tell you what did fill it. Damn. The Samuel Samuel Smith Smith bottle. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was double size. So actually didn't. That actually filled it plus some. Mm -hmm. But still. Anyway. That's all I got. This that's is a your, really good beer. It's just a little too sweet. That's like, that'd be yeah. my overall. It's a really good double IPA with a nice bitterness, a really nice flavor uh, profile. Just a bit too sweet. Yeah. The bubbles and the, the refreshingness, the coolness help it when you first open it, but it very quickly loses that carbonation, loses that temperature. Yeah. It just evolves in a, a strange of, way. That the, wouldn't that wouldn't necessarily happen if we were getting it on draft in a smaller pour. True again. I'm glad I had it though. I really like it. Yeah. And again, Ithaca Flower Power is really good. It's so good. I bear I don't remember it as well as you maybe you did. I do remember you liking it way more than me, but I did like it that one. So yeah. I'd be interested to try more from Ithaca. I definitely want to try um Hop Lab release number two. Yep. So I definitely want to keep my eyes open for that. Because uh that's just like right up my alley. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if that's all you got, then uh, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cracked One Open, or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. Yes, we do. What else you got to plug? Well, I've got my podcast, Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with audiences in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, 
but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. You can find our podcast at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video content we have for you there uh, and uh, all over wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I've also got audiobooks I do. Check them out on Audible.com. Uh, my name is Michael Butler. You can find me there under that name. Uh, make sure you play the sample. There's a bunch of Michael Butlers, unfortunately. How I don't, dare they steal I, your name? Right. I don't think I can go back and add my middle name to the other ones, but I think I might do that on future books going forward. Uh, so you can actually identify me past mm-hmm. other people. Uh, so just look at Michael Butler, play the samples, make sure it's me. It's a lot of horror books right now, but I've got a couple of other books, um, but Sour, Switch Art Fucking Gangsters, Vacation Planet. Murder of Kelly Christopher, The Final Girl, Progressive Entrapment, Coffee at Midnight are just a few of them. I also have another one coming out very soon. Uh, so keep your eye out for that. And um, yeah, if you're someone who wants somebody to record an audiobook, I'm your guy. But I don't make money unless you buy them. So buy those books. And thank you for watching this week's episode. <laughs> Which theme was created. Are you going to say the rest are of your you, stuff? Oh, yeah. No, go ahead if you're going for it. Ooh, I get to do the final part <laughs> of this thing. All right. <clears throat> and special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Wait, no. What? Till next time. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Frodell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th.